0: Thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. Well, you might have heard that uh, there was a gunman in the United States who killed 10 people at a Buffalo supermarket, and Buffalo is the, the the small town, in a very racist attack. Now, the questions around that particular attack is what intrigued me, and it's a story that I started to then hear on BBC World again and again, and read in a variety of newspapers, and The New York Times quotes it as saying that other mass shootings and the mass shooting in Buffalo is part of a shared racist belief that white people could be wiped away. Now, this we thought was something that uh, we would certainly be able to talk about in South Africa. And uh, the killer spoke in a manifesto about how white people or white Americans are at risk of being replaced by people of color. So it's an extremely controversial and certainly supremacist uh, notion that is uh, being discussed it's described as replacement theory and it is often in the manifestos of many people who are responsible for mass shootings and other violence as well and as the new york times says it's associated with the far right fringe but has become increasingly mainstream where it's pushed by right-wing politicians and popular tv hosts so we try to figure out what is the Great Replacement Conspiracy Theory and how is it stoking racist violence? And uh, it's a real pleasure to have Professor Philip Gorski on the line. He's the co author of The Flag and the Cross, which is uh, co- The Flag and the Cross White Christian Nationalism and the Threat to American Democracy. And he's a comparative historical sociologist. Prof. Gorski, thank you so much for joining us.
1: It's my pleasure to be here with you.
0: Prof Gorski, as I say, this is something that uh, has not come up uh, in that terminology in South Africa, but it's certainly something that we should be keeping our eye on. What is this conspiracy theory, and how is it being used in the States and in other countries as well?
1: Well, as you said, it is, broadly the idea that there is a conspiracy by political leaders um, or social elites to... Uh, import or allow immigration of non-whites um, into Europe or into the United States uh, with the goal of deluding, uh the white race or erasing white culture. Um, and it's uh, the origins of theory, actually, are not in the United States, but um, in France, um, in particular in the work of a right-wing thinker named Renaud Camus uh, who coined this term uh, in the early, early 2010s.
0: So, Professor Gorski, wh- what perhaps is is kind of disconcerting about this, and in fact, when there was that um, that, that white supremacist march in Charlottesville, the, the one of the things that they repeated as they marched was, "We will not be replaced. We will not be replaced," and it appeared to, to appears now in various different manifestos of. Very, very um, disturbing, uh, right-wing, fringe uh, audiences. Talk to us about how that's gone mainstream.
1: Well, you make a very good point. Um, Even five years ago, uh, when the Kiki torch-carrying marchers in Charlottesville were chanting, um, you will not replace us, This is very much of a fringe theory. It would have only been familiar to someone who was on the far white supremacist right uh, or somebody perhaps who studied the far white supremacist right. But uh, increasingly, this language about replacement um, circulates. In fact, there was um, a poll recently that showed that something like a third of the American population uh, now has bought into this idea that there is a secret conspiracy of Democrats and Jews who are... um, importing non-white populations into the United States with the idea of replacing white voters um, and seizing control of the American government. How, now, how has that been mainstreamed? Here, I think a great deal of the responsibility has to be placed on uh, at the doorstep of Tucker Carlson and several other uh, evening hosts at Fox News. Uh, in fact, there was a study also by the New York Times done just last year that found that he spoke about uh, in this language of replacement or in both this theory of replacement some 400 times just uh, over the last year. So if you're wondering uh, how that idea went from the fringe to the mainstream, it has everything to do with conservative media in the United States.
0: Professor Gorski, when we listen to this, obviously there are learnings that we could take from it. And I would love to know, what do you think those learnings are that as a country that has uh, huge tensions around race, as South Africa currently does. Um, what are the learnings that we can take from this?
1: Um, it's. I think it, 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 is, um, it is very important here for people who are uh, political leaders and cultural leaders and religious leaders uh, to take a very clear stand against this. Um, unfortunately, this has not happened uh, in the United States, uh, far from... Um rejecting this language of replacement, many Republican politicians, leading Republican politicians uh, have actively embraced it as a way of advancing their own own political fortunes. Mm. So I think uh, that that's very, very important, um, you know for for folks in positions of leadership to uh, to take a very clear stand against it and, and denounce it for uh, the lie that it obviously is.
0: I mean, your president recently did denounce it post to the Buffalo uh incident.
1: Yes, indeed he did, which was uh which certainly certainly a good thing. But I think uh you know the, the difficulty is that um things are so polarized here at the moment mm. that pretty much anything that Joe Biden says would be re- uh, would be rejected as a falsehood sort or of distortion by by many on the right. So it's really needed as for some Republican politicians, for some uh, conservative leaders to, to take a stand. Um thankfully a few have but um very few, if any, uh, parliament Republican politicians.
0: You mentioned it, and uh, we do have to close off, but um, Professor Gorski, you know, you mentioned the issue of truth. And uh, perhaps the, the great challenge is what we have seen over the last decade or so, is this, this idea by some that truth is not a definitive, but there's your truth and my truth.
1: Of course, uh, and this in part has to do with the fact that we don't have anything like the SABC or the BBC, at least not something that's widely listened to in the United States. We have uh, media bubbles for everybody uh, that have really turned into echo chambers where they simply hear what it is that they want to hear, and there is no common truth or common language at the moment. This is really one of the great challenges uh, of our period.
0: Professor Philip Gorski, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We would love to talk to you further about uh, your book as well. Uh, Professor Gorski is the co-author of a book called The Flag and the Cross, White Christian Nationalism and the Threat to American Democracy. Uh, Certainly something that uh, I'm going to pick up now and go and read. I had heard about it and it certainly looks at something. That is uh, the end of our first hour and some fascinating insights into our world over the last week. It's eight o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning.